What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. (laughs) Yes, indeed it is. How about a call for the first couple of seconds of today's show? Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's Thursday, July the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is episode 900. That's right, 900. We've made it to 900. This is the Brian Hank Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. Uh, That's right. It is number 900, and we have another great show for you today. Joining us in less than 20 minutes. Now, he's our regular Friday guest stepping in here on a Thursday. Uh, He's a knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, and he's soon to be a proud pop to little Levi. It's Paul Whittington. He'll get us caught up on Monday's rain-delayed race that was in New Hampshire. This week's race at Pocono and much, much more. Uh, and that's our first hour. And our second hour, kicking off, uh, kicking it off, we'll, we'll be joined by the sales executive to the stars at WRNS, Jason Bryant. He is going to help us. Uh, I guess we'll take a little celebration lap for our 900th episode with him and uh, our big interview today, though. It's one of the greatest guys out there. But I don't have to tell you that. Uh, you know him. He's very popular. Everybody loves him. It's Brian North of WCTI News Channel 12 in Fox, Eastern Carolina. This is what is unique about North, and I uh, love the guy to death, man. He's a sounding board for me. He's a, he's a dear friend of mine, but in regards to the show, he was on our very first show. He was our big interview on our very first show. He was on our one-year anniversary, two-year anniversary, three-year anniversary show. He was on the debut of our two-hour show. On top of all that, he's on vacation in upstate New York. So he's taking time away from his family and his family's farm up there to uh, join us. So just really do appreciate him. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to, uh, to, to talk to my boy North. Uh, and again, uh, our three guests today, Paul Whittington, Jason Bryant, Brian North. And, uh, we've got a good show for you today. Uh, not only is today our 900th show, we want to remind you as we have tried to do all week long, because I know I'm going to get that text message this coming Monday or probably heck even tomorrow. This is our final show until Monday, August the 7th, uh, hot Linda and I, Linda Whittington, the, uh, uh, executive producer of the Brian Hanks show. And I, uh, we are taking a, a, a vacation. I was about to say a mini vacation. This is not a mini vacation. This is a, this is a big boy, big girl vacation. Uh, we're going to Washington to the state of Washington. We're going to, uh, Alaska on a cruise. We're, uh, coming back through Tucson, Arizona to visit with, uh, Clay, who's been a guest here on the show before. So, uh, yeah, about 17 days off, pretty excited about it. 
And it just it was just kind of neat how everything worked out that this is not only our last show until August the 7th, but uh, it was our 900th show too. So uh, pretty cool there. Listen, I know on Thursdays you tune in, and uh, we've had, I guess, this is what, July? So, oh, uh, I guess close to a year. I'm not even sure, but usually we have Shane Albee, the voice of uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, the voice of uh, Wayne County Sports and all that. Uh, feeling, uh, he's our, our regular Thursday guest. However, uh, I guess uh, stepping away from that role, uh, love Shane to death. I mean, you guys know that. I mean, uh, he is that, uh, that, that cup of coffee, that bolt of energy that you get without all the caffeine. And, uh, but, uh, he is, and it, we broke, he broke some exciting news last week too. He is going to be the voice of, uh, of, uh, prep football, uh, in the PA booth for Arundel Parrot Academy this upcoming year for at Hodges field. However, uh, he, uh, I guess last week, last Thursday was his last visit with us as a regular guest. We may try to get him back on, uh, to, to visit with us, uh, from time to time, but, uh, he, he is fallen. He is not fallen. He is now out of our rotation, but Shane just want to tell you, buddy, uh, love you, man. Uh, you just, he does such a great job for the down East wood ducks. I know he's going to kill it over parrot Academy. And, uh, but like I said, uh, when we get back on August 7th, we'll not be in the rotation anymore. So we will be, uh, trying some people out in that Thursday window then to, uh, see who's going to be our regular Thursday guest. But again, uh, Shane, love you to death, buddy. Uh, happy trails, all that. And, uh, we, we will, I will definitely see you at Wood Ducks games. And then when we go visit a rental parent Academy with nine sixty the bull and nine sixty the bull.com. Uh, so, uh, just wanted to give you a heads up on that, but uh, I do appreciate Paul Weddington and, and Friday's his day anyway. And with us not doing a show tomorrow, it was just natural for him to step up and he, like I said, he'll be joining us in uh, less than 15 minutes or so. And, uh, Shane long live Newski. You're absolutely right. He sent me a text and said that, and, uh, he is right. Long live Newski indeed. And thank you, Linda, wishing uh, me a, a happy 900 show. Got to give a little bit of credit, a, a little bit of a heads up here uh, to the uh, Kenston Daily Free Press. Uh, yes, they are still around. Yes, they are still uh, uh, doing. Uh, uh, listen, I, they are still doing. Long story short, uh, a writer is uh, has done a story on me, and it should be in uh, the paper today, I guess, or online at Kenston.com. How about this? How about some breaking news uh, that has just come across uh, my email? Chris Edwards has been named director of broadcasting. Uh, he will be the new voice of the pirate. I'm just going to read straight from this press release from Malcolm Gray at ECU. It was released at 7.01 a.m. So talk about breaking news. Here's you some breaking news. Six minutes into the show. Uh, Chris Edwards has been named director of broadcasting and voice of the pirates for ECU sports properties. According to an announcement by general manager, Clay Walker this morning. No, I'm just reading straight from this. No stranger to Greenville, North Carolina. The 2010 East Carolina graduate is called television play by play for men's and women's broadcasts on ESPN plus since November of 2020. And at one time served as the public address announcer for pirate baseball. How cool is that? Here's a quote from Chris. I'm humbled. To have been entrusted with a duty as the next play-by-play announcer at ECU. A sincere thank you to Clay Walker, John Gilbert, and the rest of the ECU and ECU Sports Network family for allowing me to tell the stories of our student-athletes and coaches. 
I cannot wait to get to work on helping to chronicle this chapter of Pirate Athletics. East Carolina University and Greenville have played such a huge part in my life, and I am so fortunate to have the chance to give back to the place that has given me so much. While we look forward to our next chapter in ECU's history, it is important to not forget our past, and I'm going to strive each day to honor the memory and legacy of Jeff Charles, who will forever be the voice of the Pirates. Uh, man, just say congratulations to Chris Edwards, uh, a guy that's been a guest here on the Brian Hanks Show many times. And uh, I got to admit, talked to him last night and uh, looking forward to having him. He will be our guest when we get back on August 7th. He will be our big interview on Monday, August the 7th. So very excited about that. Uh, Edwards, who is saying, in fact, we will have him on the show on his very first day of work. How about that at uh, ECU? Edwards, who is set to begin his new position in August, comes to ECU Sports Properties after spending the last 10 years working with the Blue Devil Sports Network at Duke University. During that time, he primarily handled broadcast play-by-play duties for baseball, women's basketball, and volleyball, as well as men's soccer. In January 2014, he was named a top 30 broadcaster under the age of 30 by StatTalent.com. Uh, we are thrilled to welcome Chris Edwards back to Greenville in the role as director of broadcasting and voice of the Pirates. ECU director of athletics, John Gilbert said, Chris's passion and enthusiasm for his alma mater were clear during the interview process. He's a pirate and will be a great collaborator with our coaches and staff as we continue to push our powerful brand across the surrounding area, state and country. This is a time of tremendous optimism and opportunity for ECU athletics. And I know Chris is looking forward to engaging with all of Pirate Nation in his new role. Since 2013, Edwards has been an integral role with Tom Warner Cable Sports Channel as a play-by-play broadcaster for basketball, football, and other Olympic sports. He has also called multiple state championship broadcasts and performed sideline duties as well as hosted a studio show. Edwards held the director of broadcasting role with the Coastal Plain League from 2013 to 16, where he oversaw all 14 broadcasters in the league, the 2010 Broadcaster of the Year for the CPL, Edwards provided play-by-play for the Coastal Plain League All-Star Game and compiled weekly notes as well. He also served as the Director of Media Relations for the Thomasville High Toms of 2010 and 2011 and the Wilson Tobs of 2012. This is an exciting day for Pirate Nation. Walker said we are fortunate ECU Sports Network was able to attract a dynamic and versatile ta- individual like Chris Edwards, who is an ECU alum and truly understands the passion and enthusiasm of this fan base. A 2010 graduate of ECU, Edwards received a bachelor's degree in communication with a concentration in broadcast journalism. I just got to tell you, man, I am, uh, (laughs) this is such great news. Again, I I met him in 2007. Uh, I met Chris Edwards in 2007 at the uh, Holiday Invitational. It was the... uh, uh, the GlaxoSmithKline Holiday Invitational that year, he applied for a credential to uh, call basketball play-by-play for Garner High School. Was very impressed with him from the very first time that I met him, and uh, I, I just, I, I'm just blown away, man. Uh, you talk about a guy that uh, has worked hard in his craft to get to where he is. That is Chris Edwards, and just again, so very, very proud of him and. Uh, Congratulations again to Chris Edwards, uh, the new voice of the Pirates. How about that? That's just so awesome. Okay, okay. Uh, man, uh, well, we got some text messages coming in from folks, too. Appreciate everybody texting. Uh, 
there you go. Uh, I know, uh, Greg, uh, the beep beep is gone. Maybe we'll see if we can get Paul to do that today. Uh, Shane, thank you for the text message too. But uh, again, if you're expecting Shane Albee this morning, as he has been on the broadcast or on the Brian Hanks show as our regular Thursday guest, last week was his final week. And uh, like I said, I hope to have, he's now the PA voice of uh, the Arundel Parrot Academy football team. Hope to have him on at some point too to uh, talk about that uh, over uh, when we get back from vacation. Okay, another big day. Man, that's great news about uh, our good friend, <laughs> our, our awesome friend, uh, Chris Edwards. But I, I got to tell you, man, I am uh, just as excited about this news from the Washington Commanders. It is going to be official today. As little Danny Snyder is selling the Washington Commanders, the Washington football team, whatever you want to call it, to Josh Harris. And uh, that is going to happen at some point today. There are going to be a lot of tears shed, happy tears. Let me tell you, I, probably the worst owner in all of professional sports in the history of professional sports is little Danny Snyder. And just so excited that that is going to be over now. Uh, so. Uh, I think I mentioned it with, I don't know if I mentioned it here on this show, but I know I did on Panicelli's show on our little home and home that we do every week that, uh, I, uh, I think I'm back. I think I'm going to be back with the commanders now. I, uh, you know, had divorced myself from them with, uh, the, the, the name, the old name, which I won't even mention here, which honestly is a racist name. Uh, and then with everything Dan Snyder had done with the team and, just all the, just the, the bad things he did. He's a bad man. There are very few people on this planet that I, I won't even curse and call him a, a bad name. I just, they're a bad person. They're not a good person. And little Danny Snyder is one of those guys. Just like, he's not a good person. He's a, a bad person. He, if you read everything that he's done in his time in DC, it's crazy. I mean, he has essentially, <laughs> He has a, he was essentially pimping his cheerleaders out to some of his uh, season ticket holders. He just had a a whole environment of just it was just bad. I don't know any other way to put it. It was just bad in uh, in DC, and it's just so glad. So I'm so glad to see it's over. So much so uh, that, like I said, uh, I've been divorced from the team for about two years now, and I am uh, probably on my way back. Not 100% on my way back yet, guys, but uh, I am uh, probably on my way back. Uh, we were, as you know, uh, Linda and I and Paul and his wife, we were in D.C. a couple weeks ago, saw some Nationals games. And uh, Linda and I were in a uh, in a D.C. area mall, and she bought me a Commander's shirt, a Commander's Nike shirt. And uh, I've worn it a couple of times, and... I think I'm back. I really do. I think I'm, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'll probably never have the same love I did for Washington that I did, you know, back in the eighties and nineties when we were atop the NFL. Although, I mean, I lived and died with them from 91, like I said, or heck 91 from, uh, 76, 77, all the way up until just a couple of years ago. Uh, but, uh, man, just a great day, a great day in DC. And I know there's going to be a lot of people celebrating, uh, throughout the, uh, throughout the greater DMV area and all that. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what this new owner is going to do too. Uh, just think about it. Dan Snyder took over in what? 99, I guess, 98, 99, something like that. He's been an owner for a quarter century in DC 
And not only has he embarrassed the franchise with uh, just all the stuff that he's done. I mean, he's, I mean, I'm talking about just as a person, not feel moves on the field, but there we've, we've been a terrible team in all that time too. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so glad to see him gone now and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the commanders over the next little bit. Hey, uh, over $28,000 raised now for Junius at his GoFundMe link. If you go to my Twitter page at uh, BC Hanks, uh, if you go to my Facebook page, it's pinned on at the top of both those pages, and you can make a donation to uh, Junius and his family there. Man, just uh, he is improving and, uh, and getting much better. I got a message from his mom yesterday. I should have had this up and ready to go for you. Uh, uh, she said... Uh, he is going to have another swallow test here in the next little bit, and hopefully he will pass that so he can start eating food. He's still got the feeding tube in, and uh, he can't drink, he can't eat, and you know they're giving him all his sustenance through that tube that's in his abdomen. And I know that's going to be another big step. Uh, they are just taking their time. I mean, uh, they're they're doing what it takes to uh, get him well again and again. I talked to so many of you, and it's amazing that 285 donors have donated $28,100 to him. On top of all that, uh, the article that ran at, uh, News, at uh, News News got a, a check in the mail yesterday uh, via News News, uh, another $100 check for uh, the uh, for Junius and his, and his family. And again, if you would like to give, it, it's very easy. Go to GoFundMe. You can look them up, or even easier, go to my Facebook page, go to my Twitter page, and you can do it there. High school football is four weeks away, guys. And, uh, of course, 960thebull, 960thebull.com is uh, is going to be uh, – are we going to be for, the what, the sixth year now uh, broadcasting games? Myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, Paul Whittington, who you're going to hear from here in a little bit as he's going to be visiting with us. Uh, it's four weeks from tomorrow, 29 days before our first games and the first week of games, uh, it's going to be crazy. Everybody on the road that first week, Kinston is South uh, is at South central North Lenore is at green central South Lenore is at North Johnston paired Academy is at Harold's Christian for an 11 man game. Aiden Grifton is at Wilson prep and I haven't seen Bethel's schedule yet. And I mentioned that yesterday too, and they still haven't uh, put theirs up yet. But uh, I, I got to tell you, Jason, I am. Uh, I would love to do the North Lenore Green Central game. Brand new coach at North Lenore. <laughs> Green Central coming off uh, one of their best seasons in program history. So much history was made last year by uh, Jay Wilson. I uh, I really do. I, I'd love to do that North Lenore Green Central game. But you know what? Wherever Jason tells us to go, that is where we will go. But excited about the new season. Uh, Kenston Post 43, the game two of their best of three against Wayne County was set to be played last night at Kenston High School. And I, I, I scoured the interwebs. I don't know if the game was postponed because of weather, because we did have some weather that came through yesterday, or uh, if it was played. But I do have a message out to Ty Eason, the uh, head uh, baseball coach for uh, Post 43. And if he gets back to me during the show today, I will let you know about that. The Downies Wood Ducks are uh, 10 and 10. They're in third place now, a game and a half behind Del Marva and a half game behind the hated Carolina Mudcats in the Carolina League North. They lost yesterday afternoon in a uh, businessman special, a noon start, as uh, they lost 6-4 to four to uh, Salem. 
Now, they continue a six-game series today at 7 o'clock at Historic Granger Stadium versus the Salem Red Sox. Uh, today is Thirsty Thursday. Tomorrow is Straw Hat Giveaway, uh, courtesy of our mothership, WRNS. So, uh, now, I won't be in town. Uh, I, I hope our good friend John Clemens. Mr. Clemens, do me a favor. Uh uh, grab me a straw hat for tomorrow. And then, uh, like I said, because it's from the mothership WRNS, I got to get one of those. And then uh, a collared greens Jersey giveaway is on Saturday. And that's courtesy of Downey's heating and air. It'll be dogs and dogs day on Sunday. All those games out at historic Granger stadium for tickets, go to woodducksbaseball.com or visit the team's box office at historic Granger stadium. It's also a busy week for the Kenson wingman as they're in their final week of the regular season there in a seven games and six night stretch and it continues today at five o'clock against the river city skippers and then tomorrow will be the home regular season finale versus marion swamp foxes they're supposed to uh, reveal the name of the team tomorrow too uh that it'll be uh, forevermore i think it's gonna be kenson wingman but it's your decision dear listener uh, go out to the game, and you can uh, vote on that. They're going to be on the road for the final two games and a uh, doubleheader on Saturday in Reedsville. Hey, don't forget, the Lenore County Sports Hall of Fame is August the 19th. Let me tell you something. When I get back on August 7th, it is crazy all the stuff we're going to have. We're going to have Chris Edwards on, like I said, from the new voice of the Pirates. We're going to have uh, Jackson Massey on in that first week when I get back, revealing uh, where he's going to be uh, working uh, uh a lot of rumors floating around out there, but he will set everything straight for us uh, on that show on August 7th. Uh, but uh, we'll be getting you ready for the Kensington North County Sports Hall of Fame on that's going to take place on August 19th. We're going to be talking to every, as many as we can. Now, there's some, obviously, that are being inducted posthumously, but uh, we're going to get as many of those inductees in uh, on the shows uh, between uh, August 7th and August 19th. We'll be getting you ready for high school football. We'll be talking to all our head coaches during that time, too. So it's going to be an exciting time uh, when we get back on August 7th. Hey, don't forget, Matilda the Musical uh, continues this weekend at LCC. It begins uh, again tomorrow. Three final performances tomorrow night, Friday night at 7, Saturday night at 7, and then Sunday at 3 o'clock. Uh, get out there and check that out if you if that's your cup of tea. Uh, everything I've read it is just awesome. So uh, get out there and support that if you can. And then finally, you heard Allie Warnock and Chris Moore yesterday talk about Brad Fest. Uh, and I sitting here right now with a picture of Brad looking at me, Brad Elmore. Uh, just uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Brad Fest is going to be Saturday, October 21st from 3 to 9 p.m. at Pearson Park in downtown Kenston. And again, we'll give you more information as we get closer to that. But uh, hey, that gets you through everything that's going on. Let me thank uh, our good friends over at Lenore Community College for 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenson at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And uh, again, thank you to Richie Honeycutt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. Couldn't do it without them. And uh, 
on the line with me right now making his let me check i want to make sure i got this right here because i think you're going to get a kick out of this this is uh paul whittington joining us it's his 123rd appearance on the show a hundred and one two three on our 900th episode uh so uh paul thank you so much dude we've got oh, wow. a lot to talk to you about 900 episodes dude yeah that's that's crazy 900 wow and this is this is day nine of nine for you isn't it <laughs> it is that's so funny it's day nine of the nine days that i had to work in fact uh you you've been gracious enough i, I guess you know about this uh, we're crashing at your house tonight before we get up at two o'clock in the morning tomorrow morning for our flight to uh seattle so uh thanks for uh letting us crash at your house tonight dude well, so don't say thank you just yet. No, let's <laughs> let's keep our fingers crossed that the AC keeps working. Uh-oh. We've had some problems this week. We've had some problems this week. We had the repair folks out yesterday. Uh, hopefully, they they basically went in and looked at looked at the coils and all that kind of stuff. And there was some ice build up, and and they they were were hoping maybe it was just an airflow issue and that it's not a leaking coil issue. But he put a little bit of Freon in there. We're gonna find out very soon. If uh, we're gonna have to drop some more money, dude. Goodness not, gracious! I'm not. Man. I'm not living the dream at the moment. Well, I'm living the dream <laughs> one nightmare at a time, I guess. There you go. I can tell you this, dude. I went through this a couple of years ago. You probably remember that, uh, where our yeah. air conditioner kept going in and out and in and out, and uh, ended up just. I don't even remember, dude, because I, your unit has got to be bigger than mine, dude. It has to be, but uh, we didn't replace the whole unit, but uh, replace something that, long story short, ended up dropping about two grand on it. And I wasn't happy at all about that, but you know what? It's worth it to uh, for it not to be 90 degrees inside the house, you know? Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I Two grand was not a number that was floated out yesterday. Oh, I'm sure it was much <laughs> more, right? Oh, yes. Oh yeah. Um, How old so, is your house? So we'll your house is not that old, is it? Uh, it's ten years. Okay. Ten years. Well, it's a you have a beautiful home, and I'm assuming that's the original uh, air conditioning unit that you had there when you moved in, or when they built it. Yeah, yeah. It's from yeah. Uh, it's from 2015, so it's it's right at ten years old, and um, hopefully, uh, yesterday when he left, the the air was blowing harder and colder than it had been over the last few days. So hopefully, hopefully we're in the clear. Well, goodness gracious, dude. Good luck with all that. I know uh, th- you'll love this dude. So, you know, I bought the house, this house back in 2015, what it went out. Uh, and when I bought the house, I was very happy about it because they were like, Oh, you know, we just put a new air conditioner in here like four years ago. So, you know, you got a 10 year warranty. You, I don't even need to tell you what happened next. It goes out literally <laughs> Three months, and that's not an exaggeration. Three months after yeah. the the warranty had gone out, and uh, yeah, <coughs> like I said, now we didn't replace the whole unit; we just replaced parts in the unit, and uh, that's what we got. I, I I don't know. You think people are interested in hearing us talking about our air conditioning units? Not unless uh, somebody's looking to be a sponsor. But <laughs> hey, I was just I talking about. I love it. I was just talking about Downey's Heating and Air, which is sponsoring oh, the uh, Collard Greens jerseys on a Saturday night out at uh, Historic Granger Stadium for the uh, for the Downey's Wood Ducks. So hey, hey, maybe it does does all tie together, dude. 
Maybe so. Maybe maybe they're the they're probably the only ones that are enjoying listening to this. <laughs> You're probably right. Paul, I'll get I'll get a quote in my inbox from them here shortly. There you go, Paul Whittington, <laughs> our uh, our regular Friday guest, stepping up uh, and helping us out today here on our final show for 17 days, our number 900 episode. Already a, a nice piece of breaking news that uh, that came out at 7.01. How about that? I love doing the show at, you know, between 7 and 9, and uh, breaking news comes out at 7.01. This is just great news, too, and I know he's a friend. He's definitely a friend of mine. Uh, your little brother is his uh, fan, uh, fan club's number one guy and president and all that. How about Chris Edwards being named the voice of the Pirates this morning at 7 o'clock, dude? Oh wow, that's yep. awesome! It Congratulations was... to him. That is that is super cool. Is that not awesome? I mean, a guy who uh, we've what we've watched work his way up through the ranks. I mean, like I said, I, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, it's just super cool, man. That uh, he uh, uh, one of my very first holiday invitationals. In fact, I think it was uh, my first holiday invitational uh, that I was uh, the director. This little kid, this I think he was, uh, he was still in school at Garner, uh, applied mm-hmm. to cut to uh, do play by play for Garner basketball at the uh, GlaxoSmithKline Holiday Invitational, and that's when I met Chris Edwards, who, like I said, was still at Garner High School at that time, and I was very impressed with him then, dude. I mean, and just to watch him as he's worked his way up through the ranks. I mean, through the CPL, being uh, the voice of Duke University uh, baseball and Duke University women's basketball, and men's soccer for the past decade, and now today uh, will be uh, on uh, or is the voice of the Pirates replacing? Well, not replacing. You'll never replace uh, a legend like Jeff Charles, but uh, filling in that spot and uh, a young guy that I hope is going to be in that position for thirty or forty years, like you, right? Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. It couldn't couldn't have happened to a better guy. You, know, you you hate the way all this unfolded, but you know I, I don't think there's anybody out there that deserves an opportunity like this more than Chris does. Well, I'm telling you, very excited about that. The other big part of news in my life, dude. How about the Washington Commanders? It's going to be official at some point this morning, <laughs> according to uh, to Schefter, Adam Schefter at ESPN. Our long national uh, nightmare, our long D.C. nightmare is going to be over as a team. is going to be a fit. The Washington Commanders officially sold to, uh, heck, I can't even remember who they're being sold to. Josh Harris, to Josh Harris, who owns Philadelphia 76ers, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is not a riff, Paul. This is the truth. I'm giddy about this. This is just great news to me, dude. You're, and I, you're outside the bubble. You're a, a Baltimore Ravens guy, but uh, your analysis of this move that's gonna that is officially going to take place this morning. I, it's a long time coming, right? Um, it, you know, it's. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that the NFL hadn't forced this sooner, considering just all the all the bad that came out of the the organization's front office uh, over the last few years you know it's just how this hasn't been for sooner I, I don't know but you know it's been it's been a long time coming it's needed to happen uh Dan Snyder does not deserve to own a professional sports franchise in the United States of America and see ya well, bye don't absolutely. need you anymore um <laughs> it, it just it's it's needed to happen so uh hopefully you still got some maroon and gold paint 
uh, stored up in the garage somewhere, and you can bring them back out and put the colors back up on the wall. There you go. Uh, hey, I want to give everybody uh, – let's get away from that for a second. Just, uh, Ty Easton, the head uh, baseball coach of Post 43, just got back with me and uh, was letting me know the season is complete now for uh, Kansas Post 43 Legion Baseball. They lost last night 8-3 to three to uh, to Wayne County. Uh, it was for a berth to the uh, state tournament uh, that's going to be taking place uh, up at Campbell next week. He said they lost eight to three, and this is just, I'm reading straight from his uh, text here, uh, Paul. He said, kids played tough, but I think we were just gassed. The last two series with just 12 guys eligible was a huge test. This is uh, Coach Easton talking. He said, I'm proud of them for the season. Hopefully we are successful moving towards next season after this rebuild year. And he did. He had a very young team. And I I don't, you know about every other sport in the world, Paul. I don't expect you to know uh, nuts and bolts about post-43, but it was a very young team this year. A lot of uh, freshmen and sophomores on that squad this year. And uh, hopefully a lot of them are going to be coming back. And for them to be just one series away from making the state tournament with that young of a team, I think that speaks volumes about the, the coaching performance of uh, Coach Eason and just the heart of these kids. And I'll, I'll give you a chance to uh, for to, to talk about fo- post-43, dude. <laughs> Congrats on a great season. I'm sorry. I, I don't know that much about what's going on over there. I, I'm so disconnected from Legion Ball. <laughs> it's uh, I, man, that is that is not something that I that I have thought about in, in quite a while. But, um, I mean, congratulations uh, to post-43 on, on a great season. And, and hate that it ended – Sooner than than what we maybe would have wanted. There you go. Hey, he uh, he just sent me uh, one more additional message. He said he wanted to thank uh, the kids who've been worked out, uh, who worked out all summer, who are aging out too. That will not be back next year. Alex Davis, Todd Smith, Landon Tindall, and Tyler Sears. Uh, so again, congratulations to uh, Post Forty Three. Thank you to Coach Ty Eason for uh, sending me that information. And uh, there you go. That puts a wrap on uh, on the uh, post forty three team. Well, we've got uh, Paul Whittington on the line with us, and by God, you know if we've got Paul Whittington on the line, we are talking about. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of things, obviously, but uh, NASCAR is where we will go. And I uh, another postponed race uh, this past uh, week, or uh, from Sunday to Monday. And I got to tell you, before we even talk about the race. I woke up Sunday morning. Now I slept in, but I woke up Sunday morning and I believe it was as of nine thirty, ten o'clock. They went ahead and made the decision then to postpone yep. uh, to Monday. Just to speak to that. I was surprised they, they did it that early. You should see the radar. Oh, okay. There, it was bad. It was, it was for, for several miles, just all yellow and red. And it was, it was going to be passing over, over the racetrack all day all day long it was it was not good at all so they um, made the right decision I, oh yeah oh yeah he, he, definitely definitely okay. um it was uh it, it needed to happen <laughs> it needed to happen well i tell you what, not, not the first time they not the first time they've made a decision that quickly um on on a race uh well, so so there was precedent for it well i'm telling you i again I like it when they do that, though. And I mean, not just, you know, so I so that Brian Hanks can rearrange his viewing plans, but you got to think fans appreciate that, too. If they're sitting in their hotel, and I guess the race was, uh, mm-hmm. was it a 3 o'clock start, I guess? 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock start, whatever, on, on uh, yeah. or at New Hampshire. 
you know the 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 fans that are in their hotels or in their campers or whatever or that they can you know they know that early they're not going to be sitting out in in the rain and stuff waiting for the race to start i, I thought it kind of a classy move i mean i thought it was a very classy move that uh, nascar did with that and how often do you hear me say anything positive about nascar dude <laughs> it, it was it was the right move and, and what i was impressed with is the amount of fans that showed up on on monday uh it was we've been about four or five weeks in a Excuse me, four or five weeks in a row now where uh, rain has impacted race day operations. Uh, but here's the good news, Brian. Okay. We look ahead to Sunday at Pocono at the Pocono Raceway up in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. Highs of 79, lows of 57. Uh, there's going to be a lot of sunshine, and there's only 25% chance of <laughs> precipitation at any point uh, throughout the course of the day. Uh, and on Saturday for, for the Xfinity race, only 6% chance of, of precipitation with highs of 75. I mean, I would rather be in Long Pond, Pennsylvania right now with, with temperatures like 75 and 79 and lows in the mid-50s. That sounds glorious. Does it not, man? Here in the middle, we're rocketing towards the end of July, but still, that, that just sounds amazing, dude. Well, let's talk about the race itself. Not much of a race, man. Martin Truex Jr. was just absolutely positively dominant, led 254 to 301 laps, won all three stages. Tell me something. This is the guy with all the, the gray in his beard, right? That's uh, cl- much, much closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of his career. Uh, what a great race for him, dude. Yeah, it was, it was ab- absolutely. Started, started second, and very very quickly drove past christopher bell for the race lead didn't look back led like some 254 laps of the of the 301 that were that were run so uh you do the math there that's what like 85 percent of the race uh win stage one win stage two wins the wins the race just really stunk up the show an excellent drive by him and this is a guy that didn't win a single race in 2022. Struggled with the next-gen car, didn't have a good season. He's now won three races and currently sits atop the point standings uh, and is and is a driver who could certainly win the, the regular season championship. I don't know why you would want to because every driver that's won the regular season championship over like the last four or five years has not had a good run in the playoffs, but uh, – it could, it could happen. Martin Truex Jr., William Byron, one of those two drivers, probably going to be your regular season champion that will that we'll crown here in just a few short weeks when we go to uh, Daytona. I cannot believe, dude, that we are already that close to the end of the regular season, but we really are, aren't we? It flies by. It flies by. Yeah, there's not much time left. We're going to go to Pocono this weekend, and then it's off for uh, – then we go to Richmond – that closes out July, and then four races in August. We're going to go to Michigan, the Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, and then we're going to round out August with uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at the World Center of Racing. And that's it. That's it for wow. the uh, for the regular season. Then it's a ten race sprint to the championship. Well, as we have mentioned here on the show several times, and yes, we will be doing a preview of uh, Pocono here in a little bit. But uh, let's talk about the points uh, race right now. Like you said, Martin Truex Jr is atop uh, the point standings right now. 
Oh, I'm looking at the names of the stars beside them. So everybody in the, uh, looks like in the top 14 has had a race win. Is that correct? That can't be right. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's correct. We've okay. had, I think 15 different winners. The 15th, of course, being Shaman Gisberg and, uh, who will come back and race the, uh, uh no, the Indianapolis course. put a pin in that. Yeah. I want to talk about that, but go ahead. Um, so, so yeah, the, the 14 drivers you're seeing there at the top are all race winners. Um, and they, they just naturally get prioritized in, in with the way this format works, they get prioritized in the view of the standings that you're seeing there, um, because they are race winners. Yeah. Uh, so the view, the view that you're seeing is like what the playoff rankings would be if the playoffs started today, uh, with Martin Truex Jr. sitting atop the point standings. What what's confusing to me about how math works, Brian, and, and I know <laughs> I, nobody wants to do math this early in the morning. William Byron leads Martin Truex Jr. in all major statistical categories. Okay. He's got four wins to Martin Truex Jr.'s three. He's got more top fives and more top tens than Martin Truex Jr. He's led more laps. He has more stage wins. The biggest difference in the points right now, and there's only 17 points to separate the two, William Byron has two DNFs to Martin Truex Jr.'s one. Wow. And it just shows you how important that DNF is. You can win more races. You can run more consistently. You can lead more laps. But those DNFs really, really, really hurt. Well, speaking of DNF, I got to pick on our boy, Mark Panicelli, for a second. Uh, you know, we do the home and home every week. Uh, he was on my Monday show. I was on his Wednesday show. But on Monday morning show, obviously, uh, you know, before the race started at noon that day, I was like, dude, give me a driver. Man, he pontificated. Do you know where I'm getting ready to go with this? I don't. Oh, you're going to love it. So he's pontificating. You know, this is why this person. But you know what? I'm going to go with Kyle Bush. I think Kyle Bush is going to win the race today. <laughs> Tell everybody where Kyle Bush finished in Monday's race, dude. I think he was like dead last. Uh, it was, Indeed, it was a her- he was horrific, dead last, yes. A horrific weekend for, for Kyle Bush. You know, they wrecked in practice and qualifying, and then they came out, uh, and I, I believe they were in a backup car on Sunday. Uh, yeah, they were um, a backup car on Sunday. Spun that race car early on in the race and then wrecked it later on. Just <laughs> I, If there was anybody that couldn't wait to get out of New Hampshire, it was, it was Kyle Bush. But I love the segue there. Speaking of DNFs, how about Mark Panicelli? Uh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that is funny, isn't it? But I just thought it was cool. You know, listen, it's just picking. I could have done the exact same yeah. thing, and that may have been who I picked. I don't think anybody saw, or did you? Did you see Truex having the, the kind of uh, the kind of day he was going to have on Monday? I mean, I, I thought it was possible. Uh, I, I thought the Toyotas w- would have been strong. Um, it's it's crazy that you know when you look at the last what seventeen races at this racetrack. Chevrolet went went on a uh, went on a run. They won six races in a row, starting with the spring race in two thousand and ten or two thousand and nine rather. They swept the races in twenty ten. They swept the races in twenty eleven, and they won uh, the first race there in two thousand and nine. And then, and then the, uh, a paradigm shift. And all of a sudden, if you look at the last 17 races, so 17 races would be since that, that winning streak for Chevrolet ended. Chevy's only won one time at wow. New Hampshire in the last 17 races. Ford has been to victory lane six times. Toyota, and this has been all Joe Gibbs, 
has been to victory lane 10 times over the last 17 races at, at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. So, so I was not surprised at all to see a Joe Gibbs Toyota run, running at the front. And, and I think of the Joe Gibbs racing stable, Martin Truex Jr. has had the best season. So, so yeah, I, I think Martin Truex Jr., for anybody that picked him, was, was an obvious, or not obvious, but, but a great pick going into the weekend. How about Team Oval? Team Blue Oval and America's driver, Joey Logano, finished second. But three of the top five finishers at, uh, at New Hampshire, uh, Fords is uh, Jolie, Joey, Jolie, Joey Logano second, Kevin Harvick fourth, Brad Keselowski fifth. And uh, definitely a shot in the arm that Ford needed. They've, they've not had a great stand. Yeah. I know you like taking shots at him, and you and I pick, uh, pick on each other a lot. But in all honesty, Ford's had a terrible season, haven't they? They, they haven't been great. They haven't been great at all, and um, I and I think this was a good weekend for them. You know, they put four four Fords inside the top ten. Uh, Toyota had four in the in the top ten as well. And you know, we just talked about Chevrolet's struggles at this racetrack. They only had two drivers that that were inside the top ten: Austin Dillon and Kyle Larson. And neither one of them ran particularly well. Uh, you know, Austin Dillon finishes where he does because of uh, a gamble on pit road, and then. Kyle Larson just shows up with speed, but even that team was off. Uh, no, nobody out of, out of the uh, the Chevrolet camps really had a had a decent weekend at all. I don't think, um, but but I think this certainly was a good weekend for Ford, and, and I think it gives them a little bit of momentum to build on. Uh, I don't like their chances this weekend at Pocono. We'll get to that in just a moment, but there are some really good tracks for Ford coming up, and you know Daytona is certainly one of them. Uh, nobody does manufacturer orders at super speedways better than Ford. Wow. Well, I'm telling you, uh, again, as you know, we all joking aside, you're a big uh, bow tie guy. I'm a big uh, blue oval guy. And, uh, and heck Scott's the Toyota guy in, uh, in our little group here, but, uh, it just, it was good. It was good. As much as Martin Truex jr. Dominated that race on Monday. Again, it was good to see, uh, three Fords, in the next four positions after that, uh, other, uh, let, let's wrap up on uh, New Hampshire. Any other, I mean, other than Truex just being as dominant as he was and the Fords doing as well as they did, any other storylines emerge to you, uh, emerge for you from New Hampshire, dude, I'm struggling. It's a 900 show, man. My last day for two weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling, man. That senioritis is kicking in. It is. Yes. Um, no, not really any other storylines that, that emerged. Uh, we didn't get any big penalty reports coming out of the race. Uh, everything was pretty much cut and dry. Um, I, I thought the racing was good, uh, at least for second on back. Uh, if you were if you were Martin Truex Jr., you, you stunk up the show. You laughed a lot of cars. <laughs> you you had a great weekend. So um, you, you know, I think I think we as NASCAR fans, even though they've they've tried to implement a lot of parity in the sport, especially with this next gen car. Every now and then, you like to see one of those races where somebody just goes out there and just dominates. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, not all the time, and especially if it's like what you and I witnessed up in North Wilkesboro when we went to the All-Star race, and you know, and you're hoping to see a lot of passing this, that, and the other, and Kyle Larson dominates that. It's good to see it, but dude, I got to tell you, I, I'm waiting. I'm looking forward to a race that we're going to, you know, that we could have 
30 lead changes amongst nine or 10 different drivers. And it comes down to the end where it's a photo finish. And you're si- if you're sitting in the stands, you don't know who won. And if you're even watching on TV, you're waiting to see what they're going to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to one of those, dude. Well, look no further than August 26th. And we're at uh, the Daytona International Speedway. Because that's where you'll get that. That's where you'll get all those. All those lead changes, that's where you'll get those photo finishes. Um, you know, may, maybe we see something like that. You won't see it at Richmond. Uh, may, maybe you get a race like that at Michigan. But uh, I think Daytona is your best chance for that. Well, there's only one driver uh, that is in uh, – well, he's not a regular, but uh, you sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier. There's only one driver that can claim he has won every NASCAR Cup Series race he's ever entered. And he's got a chance to uh, continue that streak, doesn't he? Tell us a little bit about that. If if Shane Shane Van Gisbergen, <laughs> who who ran the Chicago Street Course, uh, he I I, for, I forget the discipline he came from. Was it F one? I, I don't think I'm so. I that. thought it was. Uh, I, I don't think it was. I yeah, I th- no, I think it was an Australian series, wasn't it, or something like that's that? Right, that's right. Yeah. That, you're you're absolutely right. It, it was the Australian uh, Open Wheel Series. I think it was. Um, but, but he came over from Australia in the, uh, the track house project 91 car or whatever they call it. And, you know, right place, right time, had the right setup, had the, had the track position and went out there and, and won on the streets of Chicago. And now he's going to come back and race in just a couple of weeks at the Indianapolis motor speedway road course, uh, which Brian, I don't know if you saw the, the, the breaking news that we had over the weekend, but. This might actually be the last time, at least for a while, that we run on the road course at Indy. We'll get to that in just a second. But okay. he's going to come out here and run this race uh, here in a couple of weeks at, at Indy. And, and i got to tell you, if he comes out here and wins, <laughs> we, mu- we might have to shut NASCAR down for a little bit. I love it. Let it would be great. You. I was about to say, let me interrupt you just for a second. Is your boy, uh, Chase Elliott, who had the absolute best line of the entire thing. Tell them what he said about, uh, about Shane Van Gisbergen. Oh, it was something to the effect of he he came over here and showed how bad we really are or some, something to that effect. I think it was something like uh, he's going to go back and tell him that we don't know how to drive or something like that. It was just oh, hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious that, you know, or that none of us are any good or something like that. I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, for a guy who doesn't smile anymore and who hates the, the craft that he's in right now and Chase Elliott, I thought it was a pretty good line for him, dude. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty clever. He he hits you every now and then with those with those funny kind of kind of dry sense of humor lines that that are just really funny to everybody else. Um, but you know, speaking speaking of Indy, I, I alluded to this a second ago. Uh, Greg Stucker, Goodyear's director of racing, uh, announced over the weekend, I think back on Friday, uh, that they will do a tire test on in mid August at the Indianapolis Road Course or excuse me, on the Indianapolis Oval. So you don't do a tire test if you're not trying to pick the right tire to run at a racetrack. Okay. We haven't got the schedule yet. We anticipate we'll see the schedule in September. But this tire test certainly kind of confirms the theory that this experiment on the on the Indianapolis road course is just about over, and we're going to put the next-gen race cars on the traditional Indianapolis Motor Speedway Oval in 2023. Wow. 24. We're already in 2023. Well, I, cannot, I have struggled with that all week long, Brian. <laughs> I, 
I got I, I'm writing dates and stuff, filling out forms at work, and the amount of times that that I have written 22 this this week and said 22 is just that's that's acceptable the first week of January. It's not acceptable in mid July. <laughs> Dude, I think I wrote a check the other day, and I and I'm not trying to one up you here, but dude, I wrote 2020 on it. Okay, seriously, <laughs> that's just bad. That I, I I'm that's... not bragging. I'm not bragging. I was pretty uh pretty embarrassed about it. Hey, speaking of Chase Elliott, and by the way, I found that quote. Let me give it yeah. to you here. It was funny. He said Shane Van. B he was on MRN. He told him this on MRN. He said mm -hmm. Shane Van B Gisbergen is going to go home and tell all of his friends how bad we are. Yeah, <laughs> but talking about and Chase he probably Elliott, did. Oh, I'm sure he did. Well, nah, he wouldn't have done that. But dude, dude, Chase Elliott, right now, how many races are left before the playoffs begin? Six. Six. Uh, his back's kind of getting up against the wall here, isn't? It? I mean, dude, he is not in the playoffs as of right now. He's not going to make it via points. Son of a gun's going to need to uh, win a race between now and the end of the season, isn't he? He, he certainly will, um, or he certainly needs to. Uh, not that he certainly will. Sorry, uh, yeah, this weekend included. Well, you know, well, NASCAR will make left. sure NASCAR will make sure he gets a win. <laughs> you know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, there are six races left uh, until the playoffs, and, and that includes this weekend's race. You you look at. At, the, at what we have left. Pocono, we'll get to that in a second. Richmond, not a great track for him. Michigan, not so bad. He's run well. He's actually won at the Michigan International Speedway a couple of times. Uh, we know how well he does on the road courses. We have the, the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's, that's a little bit of a wild card. You go to Watkins Glen, and, and he's got two or three wins to his credit there, including his first win of the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, so Watkins Glen is certainly a track that he can win in. And then Daytona, we, I don't think he's actually won at Daytona. No, he hasn't won at Daytona, but he has run well at Daytona. Uh, he has been in position, almost won the 500 a couple of years ago, uh, when Michael McDowell ended up going to victory lane. If that caution had come out about just a fraction of a second later, we'd be talking about a, a Chase Elliott who has won a Daytona 500, but that wasn't the case that day and that's fine. But Daytona is, is, is a wild card race. So any, anybody can win that. And then you look at Pocono, there's only one driver that is won at Pocono in the next gen, in the next gen car. And that is Chase Elliott. He comes into this weekend as the defending race winner. Uh, had a, but let's talk about how he got there. I, I think it's important to put an asterisk beside this because if you remember last year, it was Joe Gibbs race cars that finished one and two and both of them were disqualified. That's right. And that's, that's right. how Chase Elliott won here uh, one year ago. So he ran well. He did not have the winning car that day, although he is credited with the victory in Pocono last year. Well, there you go. Uh, well, if you were putting odds on it, 0% uh, chance that he is going to make the playoff, or that would not even make the playoffs. He's going to have a win over these last six races, Paul, or 100%. He's definitely going to win uh, one of these last six races to get in the playoffs. Wh where would you put it at, Paul? I, I, I'd honestly put it at about 60%. And, okay. and the reason okay. I put it there is, you know, although, yes, he's credited with the win at Pocono last year, he didn't, he didn't have a bad race. He ran third and had a competitive car. Uh, so we know that team knows the setup for this racetrack. So this is a track that he's, he's run well at. He's got a couple of wins at Michigan. He's got a couple of wins at Watkins Glen. And then Daytona is a track 
that, you know, Hendrick runs really well at as an organization. He's got wins at Talladega. Why can't he get a win at Daytona? Uh, there's just so many tracks in these final six races that just play into Chase Elliott's favor. It's kind of hard to not think that he's got a really good chance at, at winning one of these final six when so many of the tracks are, are not only tracks that he's run at, but tracks that he consistently runs well at. Well, and I agree with you. And like I said, I'm only being just a little sarcastic. Can you imagine the playoffs <laughs> without Chase Elliott? I cannot. And I, <clears throat> I don't think uh, NASCAR can imagine it without him either. Okay. Well, I, and, and this might sound a little bit like a, a Homer comment and, and it's not really intended to be, but you, you have the overwhelming majority of your fan base that calls Chase Elliott their, their driver. Right. If yeah. you go into the playoffs without without the nine car in the playoffs, that's that's not great, especially when the playoffs are starting at the same time as the NFL. That, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough yeah. because people you're, you're going to lose viewership. And when you don't have Chase Elliott in the playoffs, you know, that that, of course, impacts ticket sales at these racetracks that, of course, impacts viewership on on TV. So you want your most popular driver in the playoffs. Well, I agree with that, but like I said, we get to Daytona and he's not uh, got that win to get in and he's, you know, still 30, 40 points out. I think his inspection might be a, a little less severe, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> they may uh, – anyway, that's just me being a conspiracy theorist guy. Okay, uh, we got a couple minutes left here. Let's preview Pocono. Uh, one of my, I've actually covered a race at Pocono before. I love that track. It is much bigger. I don't know if people realize exactly – how long that tri-oval is uh it is a huge track people i i don't think it registers on tv as much i know it didn't for me i'd seen plenty of pocono races on tv before i covered it what god what now almost 25 years ago but dude that Mm -hmm. is a huge track and it really is i don't know why they don't throw it in as a super speedway because it is a huge track and uh one of the races where the cars can just really open up it's a two and a half mile mile track um i I think the reason that you don't put it in that super speedway category is because you're not full throttle all the way around the track you do have to there are some there are some braking zones there are some zones on that racetrack where you're where you're off the gas and you know it's it's not wide sweeping turns like you get at daytona and talladega um so so there are there are some nuances to this track that don't put it in that category but um, it, it is it is a massive track. The the property is massive. It's a two and a half mile racetrack, just like Daytona and Talladega. But yeah, there there are some braking zones and there are some off throttle zones that that you have to be on at this racetrack. And then you also got to survive the tunnel turn. Turn two at Pocono is very tricky. It's got the tunnel that goes underneath it to grant access in and out of the racing property uh, or to the infield. And and it's tough. Drivers struggle with it. And and we'll. We'll, we'll see how tricky it is this weekend. They call it a tricky triangle, Brian, and it is very tricky. <laughs> like I said, I had an opportunity. Dude, I got I, it, the statute of limitations is way up on this, like I said, since it's been about 24 years ago, but uh, had a rented Nissan Altima and uh, took it around, did two laps around uh, Pocono, dude. Got it up to about 122, 123, man, a Nissan Altima. How about that, dude? <laughs> 
statute of limitations up on this. So I, I'm what I'm hearing is that you're not supposed to be out there. Well, no, no, no. They said we could. That's one thing that I always liked okay. about uh, you know the beat writers. They and I we need to ask Alex about this sometime, man. Because like I said, uh, the limited times that I've covered races. Uh, I did it in New Hampshire. I did it at Pocono. Uh, I ran around the track at uh, Charlotte. And, dude, I, I wonder if Alex – surely Alex has done that before. Don't you think he's taken a rental car around one of those and just to see how fast he could get it going? I'm I'm sure it's happened at some point. Um, I, I know there are times where, where the MRN crew has done uh, – has, has done, like, the, the racing experiences at, like, Daytona and stuff. Um that's that's put out there on social media from time to time and you know he actually used to be on tv for for nbc during racing broadcast so i i'm sure he's been in a car going around these tracks at 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 some point i would love to get his take on all the cars that snuck into the racing property at uh at chicago (laughs) and and ran around i I remember him, him talking during the rain delay about uh the the ferrari that got clocked at like 120 going around that race track. What? Um, I, I, I'd, I'd love to get his, his take on, on all that and what the, what the buzz was like in the garage area, knowing that I think they said like some 20, 25 cars or something snuck in and, and turned laps on the, on the street course. And it was a Ferrari that <laughs> was clocked at like 120 and that, that gentleman was arrested. Dude, I would have loved to have taken my Mustang out there. That's for sure. Okay. Let's wrap <laughs> it up here as we're already into our second hour. Uh let me uh, give us, uh, you know, a couple of drivers to watch, and then the driver that uh, Paul Whittington thinks is going to take Pocono this weekend. Well, this is our 90th race at the Pocono Raceway in the NASCAR Cup Series. Toyota has won seven of the last ten. Four of those wins have been by Kyle Busch. That's a driver I think we need to watch this weekend, although he is not in a Toyota anymore, but he has been dominant at this racetrack. You know, he actually finished second here last year before he was disqualified. Denny Hamlin actually won the race last year before he was disqualified. Uh, that would have been eight of the last 10 had those results held. Chase Elliott, technically the defending race winner. Hendrick has won two of the last three with that, that first one coming with Alex Bowman, but uh, Hendrick is the only next-gen car that's been to victory lane here. Uh, JGR, Joe Gibbs Racing, very strong here. They have eight wins at this racetrack since 2015. Uh, so where do you look? Do you look at Chevrolet and the Hendrick Motorsports stable? Do you look at Toyota and the JGR stable? I don't think you go any of those places. I think you go right back to Kyle Busch, a guy who's been to Victory Lane here multiple times. Uh, this this team, this eight team, has shown that they can have a lot of speed. I, I, think, I think Kyle Busch goes to Victory Lane for the third time this year, this weekend at this racetrack and don't forget last year it was Tyler Reddick in that eight car that was credited with second got a top five finish realistically but was credited with second after the DQs but Tyler Reddick in that eight car for Richard Childress ran well here last year that team's even better this year I think Kyle Busch goes to victory there you go so uh Paul Whittington uh I hopefully get to see you tonight get that AC blaring blaring for me and your mom (laughs) and uh Dude, thank you so much, man. We'll, uh, golly, we won't be back on the air again for three weeks. Is that right? Two weeks. Anyway, we'll be back the first week of August. Uh, What, two weeks? Dude, my math is just awful, man. Hey, we'll talk to you August, uh, the first week of August. How about that? 
You you just call me. I'll be ready. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you you know a hundred percent yet. So just call me. And I'll be ready. You're right, man. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Have a good one. There you go. That's Paul Whittington coming up in our second hour here. Jason Bryant, Brian North.